People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, inviting you to join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can follow us on Facebook. You can reach us with your comments, questions, suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for our long-awaited YouTube channel. And now on with this week's episode. Hey, Brothers Talk family. Welcome wherever you are around the world listening in and holding your critical thinking conversations to promote activism and uplift our people. We appreciate you and all our first-time listeners. We're glad you tuned in to help with the work of encouraging and educating as we endorse and inspire new and existing Black businesses and individuals to empower and enrich the Black community. Your weekly coronavirus awareness alert because we care and because the virus is still very infectious and very deadly, especially for those with underlying conditions like racism and those who are especially medically fragile like our seniors. You heard right that racism is underlying condition as the CDC has shown that racism has severely impacted the overall health of Blacks in America, weakening our ability to survive many routine ailments while adding to the overall poor health outcomes that are produced from living under the stress caused by the constant pressure of inequality, inequity, discrimination, and denial of access to the basic human rights supposedly afforded by the Constitution. The government and the medical experts are forecasting another surge this fall and winter. So be careful when you're out and about, even if you're the only one thinking about the safety of you and your loved ones. The health professionals are still advising you to get your vaccinations or the newest boosters. And remember that masks in crowded situations help prevent the spread of all respiratory infections, including the flu and RSV2. And finally, don't forget that most disinfectants will kill all viruses, which is a good thing when you're traveling this summer for weddings, graduations, reunions, or, and or vacations. So come on, people, we can and we must do better. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noah. Thanks, Rod. And thank you, family, for your continued support. And I'm going to keep riding this pandemic thing. Uh, I, I still think that uh, we've dropped our guards too soon. Uh, the fall is approaching. And we're going to see what happens. Uh, I'm hoping that we're not going to have a reinsurgent. But what I'm seeing, uh, I was uh, on a plane this past weekend, and I was one of three people who had a mask on on the plane. And uh, I'm, I'm just concerned that that we're going to revert back to what we were a couple of years ago. So go out there. Please wear your mask if you hadn't been. Uh, vaccinated or, or you hadn't had the booster, wear your mask and protect yourself and protect your loved ones. Norm? Thanks, Scott. I think we all know how important HBCUs are to our community and, and the entire Black community in this country. But I just wanted to share some stats that I found that were incredible here. You know, the report released last month found that HBCUs help students from low-income families move into higher incomes at about twice the rate as colleges and universities. The upward class mobility at HBCUs is even more notable considering HBCUs are less than 3% of colleges in this country, but account for 13% of bachelor degrees 
earned by black students and 20% of STEM graduates. HBCUs also do a better job than other universities recruiting and admitting ultimate and ultimately educating first generation college students who compromise 45% of the student body at four year HBCUs. So HBCUs are giving first time college black students a chance at education at just about a 50% rate. And literally these students are going to be more affected by the student loans and that debt, which the Supreme Court just denied them a little bit of relief, literally. And while doing that, we have to look at the PPP loans and the millionaires in this country that got full relief of their loans, but the poor and middle-class students in this country were denied a small bit of relief. We have to stand up and start dealing with these issues, people. And you heard me mention how racism is impacting our health, but there is an even bigger problem that we're noticing across the country, which is the lack of resistance to racism, meaning that we are not having people who are willing to come out and call racism out for what it really is, particularly those who are supposedly our allies on the left, and even some of those who are trying to call themselves centrists, who want to use the term non-racist, which we've shared on many occasions does not exist. But what we're seeing is that because there is this lack of willingness to call out racism for what it is, that it's effectively emboldening the racist and the far right and the white nationalists and the white supremacists and those who would just want to turn back the clock and the calendar to the 1850s when they believed we had a good system. And so we're seeing this, everything from how this past week, the judge in Tulsa threw out the last three surviving victims of the Tulsa massacres lawsuit for reparations, claiming, in fact, that they couldn't show that they had been directly harmed by that situation, which is just insane and asinine, to say the least. But it's another another example of how racism has become just almost the standard for our judicial system now. And so because we don't have those who are on the other side who are standing up and saying that's racist and that is cannot stand in a country that's supposed to be willing to look out for the most vulnerable among us, this kind of thing is continuing to go on. And there are certainly so many other episodes, but I want to get you guys in on this and your thoughts around the lack of resistance to racism. Yeah, right. You know, part of the plot, the problem with uh, why this whole thing that's happening with the right wing attacking, not just it's racism, but they're mainly attacking black people. It's because you have people like Tim Scott, when he's directly asked about racism in this country, uh, who's in denial and saying that, you know, it's hogwash. You know, somebody asked him, I saw the interview this whole thing about uh, what he keep talking about, people pull themselves up, uh, need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. And uh, the interviewer said to him, well, you know, you have a lot of liberals disagree with what you're saying that, you know, racism is basically we're not in a equal society. So how can you say that? And he said it's hogwash. So you got people like him. You got those people out there who are uh, 
out here denying that we're in this country, in a racist country. And that, to me, kind of give give folks permission to do what they're doing. Uh, you got people in permanent position like Clarence Thomas of the world who are uh, he's out here taking all these gifts, uh, you know, doing all this immoral and unethical stuff. And, and yet he is denied. He's a affirmative action denier, which we know that affirmative action was put in place to help blacks and American Indians. So when you have those kind of situations, those people in those positions who are denying that, you know, we're in a racist country, oh, we got some problems. We got a lot to do uh, to change that. Um, Scott, I agree with you 100 percent, and I'm going to follow your path on this. I'm not even going to start with our so-called allies or have any expectations from the liberals in this country. We don't have agitators in our community anymore. We don't have agitators. We don't have people who are going out there and pushing that envelope out there and letting it be known and, and making people feel uncomfortable. People are too comfortable with their racism and white supremacy in this country. That's the issue. We don't have people actually bringing it forward and center and putting it right in front of their faces and challenging them. Again, I'm going to talk about the Black Caucus, who just basically all they do is fundraise for themselves and and please corporate America and corporate interests in this country. They're not representing our interests at all, as we mentioned a million times uh, on this platform. And, you know, we don't have that leadership. We don't have the organizations. The NAACP is just useless at this point. We don't have anyone pushing the envelope forward and making the people in this country feel uncomfortable about their races. And you're both right. 1,000% on point because whether it is the collaborators, like you pointed out, Scott, who are giving them cover or the fact that where are the new generation and new breed of the Malcolm X's and the Martin Luther King's who were willing to call out the racism for what it really is. You know, we got folks who've become just too comfortable now and they're not willing to take any chances. Now, I think one other part of it, too, though, is the fact that every now and then you see somebody like, you know, uh, Talib Kweli, who used to be most deaf, and they are actually making these points. But it seems like the mass media is doing everything it can to not give them a platform. And so somehow we need to start mobilizing, like you said, Norm, we got to be behind the people who are who are willing to to speak up because if they don't have a platform then one thing that gives them a platform is a crowd and so when you have situations like you know tommy tuberville who's a sitting united states senator i think he's from alabama but the bottom line is he's not willing to denounce white nationalists in the military i mean he actually doubled down on trying to make the case that they are Americans and they have their rights too. And so right away, whether it's Cory Booker or Joe Biden or anybody else who calls himself an anti-racist, there needs to be someone who immediately comes up and calls that what it is, racism. But for whatever reason, there's always been this sensibility on the left about being civil and not willing to say the truth when it comes to racism, because that is still the third rail of American politics, that once somebody gets labeled a racist, they will actually start backtracking and fighting real quick because they know. And it's the reason why you get people like 45 who's still trying to claim that he's not racist. And for every one of those people who does that and then does 
something that can be perceived as racist, there isn't the pushback from the other side who's coming out and saying, if it looks like a duck and acts like a duck, it's a duck. And that means you're racist. Rod, just to follow up on what you're saying, you're, you're right. You're right. You'll know I'm both. Uh, we don't see people push pushing back with the veracity, veracity as the people who are out there spewing that, you know, that hatred. And, and when they don't do that, I mean, to me, the liberals, so-called liberal and woke uh, liberals who are not saying anything uh, is it, it, just as bad as the people who, because it, it, it seems as though you actually agree. You're okay with it. So, but in your mind, it's like, you're saying, well, I'm not saying that. So I'm not as bad as that guy. You know, uh, uh, I have more integrity than that guy. But the fact that you're not saying, hey, that's wrong. Uh, I don't support that. I don't believe that. They're not saying anything. So I don't know where they stand when it comes to racism. Do they actually believe what these guys are saying? Uh, are they silently supporting this? Because uh, it should be a stronger pushback than we're getting. And we're getting virtually no pushback. You get a few people uh, on the, in the media who tries to hold them accountable, but that's more about rating. Ratings and they don't really hold them accountable. They, accountable. they just give them an opportunity to get to their talking points and keep screwing this hate. Uh, and at the same time, the so called liberals and the woke crowd, where are they? You know, uh, so let me know that you don't believe the same things that these people believe and that you don't support them. Uh, show me that you're actually different. Uh, stand up and say something, stand up and oppose it. Yes, Scott. I, you know, and I also believe we're at the point, especially with the technology that we have today, we have to create our own media and our own venues to give the people, as you mentioned, Rod, an opportunity to speak to the masses because we're not pushing back at all. We don't have a venue because they're not going to put these voices on, on, again, mainstream media. They're not going to get the people have access to this information or to, or to fight, you know, using their platforms. They're not. So we have to create our own venues and all mediums to which to do so. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more there, Norm. And we all know though, the obstacles that are continuing to be put up to that whole notion. I mean, even though we hear about, you know, Tyler Perry is now bought back BET and Byron Allen, who owns the Weather Channel, and I think Black News Channel. And But there just seems to be just, as I said earlier, this comfortability and this safeness of where people are not willing to really step out there and make the kind of noise that they should. You know, you have people like Roland Martin, you know, who's pretty visible and 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 likes to call things out for what they are. And uh, Karen Hunter and Joe Madison, uh, definitely not going to put Al Sharpton in that mix because you talk about somebody who's taken the payoff and become comfortable in there. All he wants to do now when people even try to call him out is he gets on the defensive instead of acknowledging like, yeah, perhaps I have lost my edge. But the bottom line is, even if we cannot get our own uh, straight up media access and cannot buy the networks, there's still ways that we used to be able to communicate within our own communities. And we have to find a way to access that. But at the forefront, we have to have an issue that galvanizes us so that we 
do come together because as big a problem is that there are probably a lot of folks who don't even realize how detrimental racism is not only to their health, but to the fact that they're we're losing ground because there is no pushback. So one way or the other, we've got to stay on the wall and keep making sure that there are folks who know that at least we'll hold them accountable. You know, uh, you're exactly right, Rod. And, and, and it seems like to me that uh, it's, it's so one-sided uh, because conservative news and right-wing news, uh, TV and uh, social media, radio, they're constantly pushing this stuff 24-7. And it just seems one-sided because even mainstream media, when you give a guy like Tommy Tuberville uh, a platform, constantly giving these guys a platform uh, in, in the guys that they're trying to, they're pretending that, you know, they're, they're going to hold them accountable and ask them some tough questions, but they really don't. They just give them a platform and these guys get to the talking points and they continue to dispute this stuff. And it's like over and over, these are the people that you see uh, I hear, I was looking at C-SPAN this morning and um, it was kind of open forum. And I just, I noticed the host of C-SPAN, what happens is uh, some Republican call in and accused uh, the C-SPAN host of being liberal or, or not giving the uh, Republican caller enough time. But it's always the Republican caller that they just let ramble on and on and spewing this hate even though C-SPAN has become political. And I used to go there because I used to want to get a kind of an unbiased opinion about what's going on. But but they've been inundated and, and attacked by the right wing. And so they're falling in line like everybody else. And that seems to be the case. You have a few people who are out here trying to defend democracy and not being intimidated and terrorized by all the threats. But... Uh, look like it's a losing battle because most people are caving into that. And Scott, I want to follow up with something you said, which is very important. This right wing rhetoric is profitable. They're going to give these right wing nuts access to really any medium because, and Trump's election actually proves this because they basically put him front and center on every network and they made billions of dollars by giving him free airtime which ultimately got him elected. But you even see CNN and different channels that used to be more moderate are going more to this white ring, you know, garbage because uh, their sponsors and their listeners, they want to hear it. So there you have it. We all have to be more vigilant. And while I mentioned Cory Booker and Joe Biden, we're also looking at you, Raphael Warnock and Kamala Harris, because Tommy Tuberville is a senator sitting there. In our Black Business Spotlight, meet Julie Williamson Sapp, founder and CEO of Sip, Learn, and Press, a pioneering Black-owned design company in her T-shirt business in a box, an all-in-one kit for aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners interested in starting or expanding their T-shirt businesses. This groundbreaking product, now available to Walmart's online shoppers, empowers individuals to effortlessly start their ventures, offering comprehensive tools and resources in a single package. The t-shirt business in a box has garnered immense popularity amongst those venturing into the t-shirt business. Packed with essential components and a step-by-step instructional workbook, this kit provides everything needed to jumpstart a successful t-shirt business from the comfort of one's own home. T-shirt business in a box caters to entrepreneurs and small business owners seeking to design custom t-shirts 
for a wide range of occasions, including events, parties, and businesses. The kit eliminates the need to invest in expensive equipment and supplies separately, offering a convenient all-in-one solution, and it's available for purchase on walmart.com or the brand's official website at t-shirtbusinessinabox.com. That's a wrap for this show. And remember, you can share your thoughts with us and follow and communicate with us by sending your comments, as well as your questions and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us to brotherstalk at gmail.com. And as always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Until the next episode, know that we sincerely appreciate your time and interest and rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. Finally, let's all do better today because that's all we really have.